you love Michigan sports. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State, and the list goes on. And you love beer. Love beer. Who doesn't? What if we mixed the two together? of my sports we'll talk everything michigan sports like only we do and then we'll down our fair share of beer from a local brewery grading the beer throughout the episode so pop a cold one on your end and we'll get busy on ours this is the state of my sports that's right, this is State of My Sports, and this is episode 122. We got three football games to talk about. Doesn't get much easier than that. We're going to talk about the Lions' loss, Michigan with somewhat of a statement win. I don't know if that's fair to say. We'll kind of discuss that. Michigan State uh, took care of business before their big, big matchup here against Miami. Um, we're going to talk about that game, preview the the Miami game a touch as well. So that'll, that'll be fun. That's basically all we got. Obviously, we're going to have our betting hero picks of the week, our Sicilianos market. Uh, Michigan beer grades as well, um, and if you if you guys are watching live, please please be part of the conversation. We want to know your guys' thoughts on all the, the games, what, what you're drinking tonight as well. Um, just be part of the conversation. We'll try to read your comments and and answer all your questions as well if you guys have any. Uh, before we jump in, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors uh, that help keep this thing rolling and keeping it free for our listeners. The Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is the official brewery of State of My Sports. Uh, Sicilianos Market helps us pick out our Michigan beers for each and every episode. And Mac Web Design helped us get our website up and running. Betting Hero helps us and you get uh, the best uh, promo codes available in the sports marketing world. Which, I mean, if you're not betting on football, I don't know I don't know what to tell you, right? I mean, you're missing I really, out. I really should be betting on I, football. I shouldn't be, according to my picks. No. <laughs> but I, I actually haven't even bet on one game yet, so... I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Usually, I'm I'm enjoying it's about the, time. the Let's do it. World. Yeah, we should. We really should. We're gonna sign up with a new one, right? Sign up for a new, yeah, a new uh, free platform. Money. Get free money from from Betting Hero and make sure you make use it that. rain. Exactly. Right. I'm Sam Waltart. With me today, we got Ryan Waltart. Micah Smith is actually working behind the scenes. John was not able to make it today. Neither was Kyle. But we're gonna keep this thing rolling and, and have a good time. So we need as many. Uh, comments as possible because we got we only got three opinions here tonight. We have, so. we have nothing to talk about. Yeah, yeah, and, no and games. I, we don't get long winded when we talk about football either. Yeah, so. I know. Not, Not very all. opinionated with that one. Only Ryan, gonna be two hours. You earlier you you brought down the background with a sneeze because you were in so much pain. Yeah. What in the world is going on with you, man? I that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, over a week ago now, what like a week and three days, a week and four days? Yeah. I I was mountain biking and. Uh, there's there's this area with with multiple jumps in a row. So there's like four doubles in a row. They're pretty big jumps for me, but I felt pretty comfortable going over them. And I wasn't being dumb about it. Like I was kind of measuring them out. So got the first one down, got the second one down, got got all four of them in a combo, and had it down to a science. Like here's where I need to take some extra pedals. All right, that, it's already kind of a long story. But <laughs> before the last jump, one of the times I was I was putting in my two pedals that that I needed to get. Uh, across that that jump no problem and my chain fell off as i was going up the face of it pretty much and i i am not good enough to adjust on the fly yeah especially when i'm in the air i just like froze up like um i don't, I don't know what kind of things freeze up like yeah. han, han solo well, I mean, in episode tight, two maybe right what'd you say like han solo in episode 
four or five. Is that a Star Wars? It's a Star Wars thing, maybe, okay. possibly. I, Anyways, no I, I just like froze up. I didn't know how to react to it, and I went down pretty hard. I got back up. I kept riding. Like it wasn't. It didn't seem like a big deal. And now I've been so sore in my chest ever since. And and I sneezed earlier. And I was every, violent. T- every time I sneeze, <laughs> I want to cry. <laughs> yeah. Right after. Make sure you hit that button before you sneeze on the on the air. Yeah. That's all I ask. And it'll take down the background. And I'll take it down. Yeah. If it comes down, it comes <laughs> it down. Comes right. Down. That's a good the point. show must go on. Yeah. Um, f- football. I mean, NFL Week One. Yeah, we're uh, not doing a season preview today. It, for the full season? Yeah, like well, no, I mean, like, we've, oh, done, yeah. we've done previews, like, what, every last three, four weeks? Yeah, I think you're right. Something like that. Yeah, so it's it's nice. It'll cut the podcast shorter, I think. I we doubt always, it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we got three. Too. But, I mean, crazy crazy week one. I mean, there was some some br- really big, um, I don't I don't know if upsets, upsets is the right word in, in the NFL world, but some disappointing games for some promising teams. Yeah, we learned a lot. Um, the Titans looked awful i didn't so get it. i didn't watch it but like the highlights and from what i read they looked awful uh the the bills lost i mean to a good uh steelers team yeah uh, i think people need to remember steelers were undefeated last year what through like eight or nine games like they were really impressive to start the year yeah and maybe even more than that it could have been like i think it might have been like 11 and or 12 yeah. yeah it was crazy so they're a better team that people are remembering yeah and then Micah's packers did not show very well either they didn't Mike, show up yeah they just they showed worse than the lions yeah yeah it was bad what what are your thoughts on that i obviously it's a, a fun topic for detroit sports radio and stuff they they love talking about but like a lot of people were questioning you know was Rogers' heart in it like it, it I don't want to judge somebody's. I've heart. got I've got my opinions fair. on it, but I'd love to hear yeah, Micah's take Michael, on this. Micah, what do you think about what you saw on the field? Oh, it was <laughs> it was horrible. It was absolutely atrocious, all the way from coaching down to execution on the field. The team, for the most part, is the same as far as personnel goes, and they, they still have plenty of talent on the team. I think a lack of desire to play the starters in the preseason okay hurt a lot now how much they should have played in the preseason i don't know yeah but i I just uh i don't think that happens again this coming week i I mean i hope not for for you guys (laughs) right you're right you hope so right yeah but uh i I don't think you're gonna see that same team yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. What were your thoughts, Ryan? Well, I, I I mean I did hear that the announcers kept ragging on the Packers for not starting their their players in the preseason and stuff. You know how many teams did the same thing? Yeah, a lot of teams don't. Like they brought up like Tom Brady. Well, if it's good enough for Tom Brady to play, then it should be good enough for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, screw yeah, that! There's so many starting quarterbacks that did not play anything. Um, I just think I think the the distractions caught up with them. Like if if you aren't sold week one together as a unit as a group going into it i don't i don't i mean there's something to be said for teams that are together that mm-hmm. are that are doing this and, and like-minded and with aaron Rodgers and all the distractions all the way up to the to the top you know I, yeah I, I think it probably caught up with them now they're talented enough i don't they're not gonna be a bad team yeah they're not they'll, they'll be what figure they were. it out yeah. yeah they're still gonna they're still the front runners yeah, for the I just division. Think, yeah i just think they were they were up against a a well-prepared team, and they were no. not. Yeah, which I didn't think the Saints were going to be that good. No. I was surprised of the way they played. Kudos they, they to really good. Jameis. Yeah. I mean, the, the man has clearly done work in the offseason. Did you hear his interviews? He he even sounded good in his interviews. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Did you hear what he said? 
What? He actually, oh yeah, the funny. What, what was it? Yeah, like, well, it was a great quote. He's like right. in a quote. Uh, he goes, "Oh yeah, you know we were pre- well prepared. Well, Our trainer, know, yeah, my trainer said something really important, and it got us think. What did he say? Yeah, I couldn't remember what he what said. What did he say? Something I don't know. We just were really prepared. Yeah, it's like wait, what? It's almost no, he, stuck with you. He's yeah, he's he to me he w- he sounded like he's uh, grown up. That, yeah, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, he, yeah. And let's not forget, two years ago, this is the guy who threw for over thirty touchdowns and interceptions in the same year. So credit to the trainer. Sorry, Sean Payton, but uh, <laughs> yes, the trainer. You're it was not the trainer. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't Sean Payton. No, <laughs> Sean Payton's a good coach. Yes, and he gets people prepared. Um, I'm I'm interested to see long term how how good they're going to be. I think they're going to be good. You think so? Yeah. I thought they lost. I I, I don't think, know. I, I thought think losing Drew Brees was going to hurt more than it did. I think two or three years um, of Drew Brees at his worst really really uh, handcuffed that offense, and now with a bigger arm, they're they're letting it loose. I, uh, I think it's going to be impressive to see what they do over the course of the season, given where they were at with their cap space going into the offseason, because yeah. it was yeah. bad. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. And I don't even know how they got under the cap to that point. Like they were the, close to 70 mil over, weren't they? I think, yeah. It was it was insane. They were what? buying, yeah, they were selling their money. Wait, how does that work? They were selling well, cap space for money in future years. Were they really? No, I don't know. I'm I don't know how it works. Sounds, like do. sounds like money laundering. <laughs> yeah. So, but other than the, other than the Started Packers, was there washes. what was the most surprising one that you guys that caught your eye? Other than the Packers team and the Saints, I guess is is fair. Like, I mean, I I liked watching the Rams. Yeah. Stafford looked good. First first throw. You liked watching that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did too. <laughs> yeah, I, he looks rejuvenated. He looks like he's happy. He, he even said happy like three times yeah. in his interviews. I felt like. So I'm like sitting there watching this and hearing Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels talk. It was Al Michaels, right? I think he's the one that does it with him. And they're talking like, like this new guy to the league almost. And I'm like, I know so much about him. Yeah. Like I'm just like getting offended. And like <laughs> then they like show this girl, this blonde girl in the stands. Like there's Steph, Matthew Stafford's wife, and it wasn't her. I'm like, nope, that's not her. That's <laughs> that isn't her. And I'm getting all flustered and stuff. And then they come back from a break and correct it. I was just like, it was. Did it's, they even know tough, that he man. had the biggest infinity pool in Michigan? <laughs> they didn't know that. They didn't even think. know that. He probably still owns it, though, honestly. But I bet you nobody it. else can afford it. <laughs> it's probably a really nice pool. <laughs> it is, dude. I've seen I've seen it on the yeah, Instagram. Yeah, it looks nice. Um, I guess we'll get right into our, our beer introductions. It is time to introduce our Michigan beers for this episode, but before we do, I want to remind everyone of our partner, Sicilianos Market. They are simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether they know what you want or need some help from their expert staff, Sicilianos Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they are individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. They obviously have a great selection of craft beer. They also have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. Siciliano's Market also has the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the State of My Sports family, and it is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. So we're doing something a little different today. Um, Ludington Bay actually reached out to us, and, and we they have their, their brand new um, brown ale coming out. It's their seasonal um seasonal beer and they wanted us to give a shot and i'm like yeah i'm down yeah so instead of all of us drinking our, our own beer we're just gonna all drink this one we're gonna do the, our, our average score like we do when we when we get to do that but nice. i want to tell you guys a little bit about um this beer so ludington bay is obviously 
in Ludington, Michigan. If you aren't smart and can't figure that out for yourself, I am here for you. Jeez. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being that here. That was directed to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I knew you were going to ask. So. Got it. Um, but yeah, we're drinking the James Street Brown. It's the American Brown Ale. It's smooth, dark American Brown Ale with a lacy tan head that drinks lighter than it looks, which I think that's a very, very good description. Um, it's very light for how dark it is. And I love that. Like, that's one thing that I do like about browns. They're full of flavor, but they're flavor. easy and, you know, enjoyable still. You know, you're not you sh- you're not chewing on anything. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so, I mean, what are your first thoughts of, of this beer, Ryan? Like I've had part? a lot of IPAs lately, and it's just gotten a little too heavy. So this is this is kind of This is perfect. nice for you? Yep. R- Michael, what, what about you? What are you thinking about this? So far, I love this brown. This brown is great for fall time. Fall time calls for brown time. Yeah, so there. this is going to be available at Siciliano's Market, uh, I think, starting tomorrow is what uh, Brian was telling me. Um, but it is 5.2% alcohol by volume and 25.7 IBU. So it still has a little bit of bitter in there, which is nice, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I do like the bitter beers. But, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, so far so good for, for this brown, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mike, did you just say fall time is brown time? Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. the leaves turn brown. Yeah. Did that you make you that up? Say? Yeah. Yeah, I made that up. That was, I think that is brilliant. That I might thought be it sounded n- silly, to be honest. <laughs> I thought I, so too. That's what I was getting at. I thought it sounded really good. Yeah, I was like the, calling it. Because, <laughs> I mean, the leaves turn brown and start falling. All right. No, brown and the ales. brown beers. Brown ales, ales and fall October time, there ain't fe- nothing better. Oktoberfest. I'm not ready for Oktoberbeers yeah. yet. Are you guys oh, ready no, for Oktoberbeers no, yet? No. I'm not an Oktoberfest guy. I'm not either. Nope. Nope. But we got to have, we got to drink a few, right? And you drink them out of a boot, right? Yeah, we should we, get we should get a glass boot. Well, we had a buddy drink one out of a boot oh, this weekend. Yeah. That was great. Sure he, did. Trav did pay up on on his, one of his <laughs> one of his. Which yeah. bet was that? Was that his Giants or his UCLA one? I don't I know, and it doesn't it matter. Giants He's got because, another bet to pay up. Yeah, on. that was that was <laughs> got to be the Giants one because I called him out on it, and that was the our bet. Is it yeah. so? Kerry uh, commented and was like, "Wait, I'm late. Where is Micah?" So, Micah, you told hey. Carrie you were going, to, you were coming to the pocket. She's like, I don't Ooh. see Micah. He's lying to me. <laughs> he went somewhere else. You <laughs> can't hear bar. his voice if you if you can listen He's to the calling pocket. in from his, uh, where are you? On vacation? Oh, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm in Cozumel. Cozumel. Ooh, that Ooh, sounds not good. bad. Yeah. But I don't want to drink a brown ale in Cozumel. <laughs> no. Brown, not in Cozumel. <laughs> brown, I was going to try. That's what you always say. Kind of going to try to do something there. Didn't didn't work very well. But um, before we get into the main topics for uh, episode 122, I want to remind everyone that the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe is open and pouring some of the best craft beer in West Michigan. The revamped food menu, rotating taps, wine and ciders make the hops perfect for whatever you have going on. From dinner with the family, late night drinks with friends, and everything in between, the hops is becoming a staple in the West Michigan restaurant community that we highly recommend to our friends and listeners. Keep an eye out for their new trailer. So if you aren't on our Facebook page, jump on that and look at it. We shared their post. They have a new trailer um, that they're going to kind of cruise around. Um, I don't know the the legal, the legal side of where they can pour beer and stuff like that. but Luckily, just, that's not up to you. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to worry about it, but they're going to be... Uh, driving that thing around and pouring beer, so get the hops name out there. So if you see it, take a picture, tag them, tag us, all that good stuff. Let them know that you saw it and heard about them on the the podcast. Um, they're the official brewery state of my sports in 2021, and if you mention state of my sports, you will get a nice little discount on your first beer. So Detroit Lions football. This is yeah. this is where I mean. Here we go. It's not not going to be fun, but. 
it's definitely worth talking about, right? I mean, it's it's football. We won. Were you signifying something by crinkling that paper up? I I I don't know what I'm doing with it, to be honest with you. Oh. Um, but <laughs> don't forget to transition to the scene. Just right. To, yeah. Rook. Right. He's a rook. It's all right. Yeah, it's I'm all right. Sorry, guys. I'm just glad he, he stepped that. up, man. I was like, there's no way Ryan would do that. So thank you, thank you for <laughs> knowing me well enough. It's official. You can it. talk now. Let's talk about the 49ers. Yeah. So the Lions, the Lions lost. <laughs> you just want to talk about the 49ers, not the Lions? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Do uh, we do have a quick uh, comment. Uh, Bob Karen, have Arvon Banana Watch. Um, love these brews. Wow, where'd they get Banana Watch? Did I leave that in your guys' house? <laughs> Talk, Did I, you? I, it's I aging well. I must have. Jeez. Oh, That's on. Oh, man. So the Lions lost 41-33 yeah. to to the San Francisco 49ers where they went down big and were not able to complete the comeback after outscoring the 49ers 23-3 to end the game. So Goff went 38-57. of 57. That's a lot, man. 38-57. A lot of throws. For 338 yards, three touchdowns, and a back-breaking pick six late in the first half. That really was the difference in the game. Uh, they had a chance to go into the first half down 14-10, to 10, but the pick six... And three and out, last second field goal, gave the 49ers 10 points in the last one minute and 20 seconds. Running game was solid. You, you want to take over after this or no? No, you, I think you're doing great. Running game was solid before going down big, but ended up with uh, uh, Williams had 54 yards, Swift had 39, combining for 93 yards on 20 carries. It, it seemed better because I think they started so well yeah, in the game, exactly. but then they were just down big after yeah, that. Yeah, I got a stat later on here for about that. Um, basically, they had 93 yards on 20 carries, but they had 82 yards in the first half yeah. on the ground. Yeah, and that that tells you a lot of of, of the story of the the this this game. Um, keep it going, keep going. Yeah. So uh, Jamal Williams was actually the top pass catcher, right? Is that Jamal Williams? Uh, yes. So Tyrell, uh, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, and T.J. Hawkinson all had eight receptions. Wow. Those were our three eight leading for 56. Receivers. Swift had eight for 65, a touchdown, and Hawkinson was eight for 97 in one touchdown. But nowhere to be seen any of the real wide receivers on this team. Exactly. That's going to be a topic that I think we got we got to talk about as well. Um, and uh, for me, it just felt like the talent level was worse than I expected, or, or worse worse than I. I wanted to admit. Yeah, I, I want you to break that down. So is, is there a specific part of the offense, defense? Like, what are you talking about? Are you specifically right now talking about the wide receiver group with that? No, it, I, 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 my brain goes to the defense and how how bad they looked and how easily they were picked apart when it felt like they wanted to pick them apart. Um, it just it, 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 I don't think the 49ers are as good of a team as I thought, and the Lions looked really bad in in the – the thick of the game, you know what I mean. Um, I think there were a couple plays that changed the dynamic that made it look more like a blowout than it was. But then, like the the, the comeback seems false. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like a real thing um, to you know comfort me. You know what I mean? Like it, it was. It didn't deserve to be an eight point game. Well, it's not repeatable. That's for sure. Yeah. So it, we, we can't just rely on you know two eight point. <laughs> a touchdown, two point conversion, the the crazy bounce on <laughs> yeah, the outside the, kick, and then another touchdown, two yeah. point. Like we can't rely on that on a regular basis. Plus, then a fumble going into it. Like it was a little chaotic down the stretch. I, I agree. I think the linebackers were a big played a big part in this game. You saw San Francisco's linebackers being fast. I mean, they're just like making plays all over the field against uh, pretty good, talented, yeah. talented guys in big situations. Third downs, they're making big hits. They're they're jarring the ball loose. 
they're uh, guarding people out in the slot. You know, like they're they they played really well. And and Detroit Lions linebackers, I mean, nowhere to be seen really. Yeah, Besides were, the fumble recovery, first which, play. Yeah, which that was just a luck. He just draw. grabbed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean. Where, where do you want to start? Like, my brain goes to the, the, the fun topics and offense and, and golf. That's what I would want. Yeah, let's do it. You want to start with golf. Yeah. Okay. So, 38 of 57, 338 yards, three touchdowns. You look at that and you're like, dang, that, that better than I thought he was going to be. But I think in the crucial moments of that first half, it seems so stagnant and so difficult for every single yard that they gained that wasn't on the ground. You know what I mean? And it was check down after check down. And I, I, I don't know what, what, it was. what the issue is. I don't know if it's a golf issue. I don't know if it's a wide receiver, receiver issue. I don't know if it was just trying to learn and, and get a feel of this, not trying to make that, that big mistake, pick six, which, which he ended up doing. Like, it just looked uncomfortable, which first game, I don't want to – first half of the first game, I don't want to overanalyze that. But it's basically the the concerns that I think we had with Goff were right in front of our faces in the first half of that game, and that's that's a little disappointing to me. Especially if you're going to be throwing the ball as often as they were. Now, yes, they were down big. The running game looked really good early on, but I, I agree with you. There was just no no confidence or daringness to throw the ball past There's three no yards. No threat. Yeah. No threat. Nothing. Yeah. And, and he had time. He did. It, it wasn't like he didn't have time. He's sitting back there watching these wide receivers, and yeah, you can scan the field, but he also didn't look like he was ready to throw to them. And he's a calm guy in general, but you could tell when when a play was designed where he was going to his first option, it was within in rhythm. He would just kind of dump it down to the first guy, and and they tried to do that with the misdirections left or right, and with yeah. the roll back to, to the other side. Like those those plays are great, yeah. But when the play breaks down, when your first option isn't there. I didn't see him looking for other options down the field ever. Yeah, and, and, I, and he's the king of the check down, and and that's I saw it all over him. And it wasn't until late in the game when the defense started trying not passes. to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think that it's? I know we don't know the answer to this, but is it more of a golf issue, or is it the just the fact that he knows he can't trust these wide receivers to throw a. 70 30 ball because that 70 percent chance of that the wide receiver is going to get it is actually more of a 50 50 and he doesn't want to continue to throw 50 50 balls his whole career well i think all season i think uh it's probably a little mutual i don't think you can have a group of wide receivers like this and have the confidence to just throw it up and know that he's going to make a play so if you don't know how your wide receiver is going to react like if you don't have a calvin johnson or, or some you know reliable source of of um winning the play like you just don't know yeah yeah galladay really really good contested catch guy he has no clue with these guys so part of it is him learning what his wide receivers are capable of but i will my opinion on this is that this is more of a jared goff issue and not a wide receivers issue i i guarantee you if there was a good quarterback that had confidence to throw the ball down the field time after time i think these wide receivers would stand out and we learn more about them and and Goff does not give them that ability. No, I don't want to say that you're you're flip flopping at all because I'm trying to remember exactly what you said about Goff. Did you kind of go into it with a little hope that we would get the the Goff that was successful, or or, or is it? Or, or are you kind of seeing what you saw and being like, yeah, it's it's not. Like I guess where where were you before this game, and then where, where like did it change, or is this kind of what you expected? 
it, it's a little. It's kind of what I expected. Goff, Goff's strength is throwing to open receivers and hitting them in stride so that they can keep running. That's mm-hmm. his strength. So he's not the Matthew Stafford type to throw it down the field and, and throw a guy open. Exactly. He's not going to throw back shoulder down the sideline 30, 30 yards. You're not going to see that out of him on a regular basis. So he wants to, the receiver to be open and lead him and then allow him to run after the catch. That's always been the Rams wide receivers. They've they In the last, I don't know how many years, they lead the league in yards after catch. And a lot of times people say that that's because of their talent after. And I think it's more to do with the play calling and Jared Goff style throwing to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see those numbers with, with Stafford. In those wide receivers, yeah, I, I don't want to throw in the towel on this guy yet. In in like this this offense and the wide receivers or anything, but it was my biggest fear. I think that it was. I had some some hope because I'm a Lions fan, and I just it let me down so fast. I mean, you were probably saw me. I was detailing my car before the first half. I was just out like my car has been cleaned in two and a half years. I'm like, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> you were ra- wasn't it raining and you were just like wiping off the, the I, rain? I, I, yeah, that's what I did at night. <laughs> I washed my car. The outside. Again? I washed the outside of my car oh. <laughs> when it was raining. You're really watching your pennies, aren't you? I I was so frustrated, man. I I told myself I wasn't gonna let this happen to me this year, and and game one here it is, and game two is gonna do the same thing to me because I mean, if it was anybody else other than the Packers, <laughs> like I wouldn't care. As much, but now that it's the Packers, I'm like, wait, there, I'm, there's a little hope, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go into that game. And be like, I want to win this game. So Goff, I'm not saying that Goff is is forever gonna be bad. So, and that's why it's a little bit of a combination. I don't think he's the answer. He's not ever gonna feel comfortable throwing the ball down the field. It's been too many years for him doing that. He he just doesn't do it. It's not his, it's not his type of quarterback. He just doesn't do it on a on a regular basis. But I also think he's not. Not that he's not confident, but he's confident in not losing the game. He's confident in his checkdowns. Mm-hmm. And I, he's not going to be a guy, to, again, to look and scan the field 20 yards down the field and throw somebody open. That's mm-hmm. that's not his style. So he needs to understand who his wide receivers are a little bit more before he can start doing that and branching out a little bit more. I, w- I want to see that early on in the season. I want to see him take some chances week two, three, and four, and, and not just – not just be complacent with getting three yards. Yeah, I'm okay with with interceptions. I'm okay with difficult throws because we need to we need to put pressure on them. We can't. I I can't watch this all season long. I can't watch what we saw on Sunday all season long. It was very frustrating for me, and I know for, as a Stafford guy, it's probably going to be tougher for me than others. But like that was boring. That was just. I, I don't need to get into it anymore. Uh, but, all right, you brought up his protection and, and how solid it was. So kind of going back to, what was it, Thursday or Friday, the, the rumors came out about Decker, how he might be missing the game um, because of a hurt finger to a uh, hand injury. He might be missing two weeks. He got put on the IR. I think it's six or eight weeks. Is it six weeks? I think it's six. The six-week IR? Yeah. Um, but anyways, that opened the door to Sewell, who – People questioned him on the right side, his his how good he was doing and all that kind of stuff. And now do we move him over to left? Do we let Nelson take left? Do we, like, what do we do on this offense line? Anyways, they decided to move Sewell to left tackle. I thought he looked 
very, very good for who he was going against. Yeah. What, what well, were your thoughts of him? Well, that's the key. It was up against Nick Bosa. One of the best defensive lines in, in football. Bosa's a stud. I mean, he got injured last year, but you cannot deny his talent, his ability to react. He's the, he's the ultimate reactive type of pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So he can go around, he can go in the inside, he can spin, he can do, use his hands, and Sewell was there. You saw maybe a couple times where he was fighting to stay in there, and he even got knocked on his butt. He did. A couple times. Yeah. But he was in there fighting, and yeah. he he played so well. I was so proud of that guy. He just he crushed it. Yeah, I I was. He looked comfortable. He looked balanced. He looked like his yes. feet. His he looked like his footwork was back. It looked natural. It did, yeah. and it was great to see. Look, not a pro bowler, not a pro bowling effort or anything like that. Not going overboard, but he looked really really good. He was awesome. The only sack he gave up it was after uh, Goff rolled out to the left. Yeah, and that's then, right. And then held it for another. It was like a nine second play. Like you can't you can't put that on your tackle. Yeah. Um, I thought Nelson looked bad at right tackle. He was not good. <laughs> um, so that kind of sucks. Yeah, it makes you wonder why uh, we cut our our backup. Yeah, um, Crosby. Right? Crosby. Yeah, yeah that, Tyrell Crosby. That's very very confusing. Um, so I I mean I know it's early. We don't need to make this decision now. Now that all said and done here, we have Sewell. I don't think you take him away from that left tackle spot when 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 it's time to when when Decker comes back. I don't know the answer of what to do exactly. Gun to head, what would you do? Like, what what do you think you would do in this situation? I would, I Campbell? would, I would understand his natural ability at left tackle, and I would put Decker back at left tackle and move Sewell to the right side again. Right tackle. I I am perfectly fine with challenging a rookie his first year, especially when his comfort zone was just confirmed that week one. And so, if he plays well the next couple of weeks at left tackle, and Decker comes back, challenge the kid. He's got confidence. See if you can throw him to the right side. Not to say he has to stay on the right, but yeah. but what like year two, if you've played on the right, but your natural position's on the left, you're only that's only going to make you better. It's going to make you more balanced. It's going to make you better with your hands, uh, one way or another. And maybe he's, he's some of his weaknesses will will be worked on because yeah. it's a result of that. So I that that's my thought process is this is a strength of the team. Keep it a strength of the team. Yeah. And then let the young guy figure it out and get all that that extra well he's gaining the confidence now. So when he goes back to the right, I think let him grow. It's going to yeah. be a gr- growing experience for him. I think that that's definitely a good way to do it and I I'm not saying that's the wrong way. In my head I'm like, "All right, so Dakar has a hand injury. He can do pretty much anything other than stuff with his hands so you have six or eight weeks to start changing that guy's footwork to the right side get used to that and i think he could do the same thing that you're saying sewell could do now it's true doing it for a younger guy developing just his overall ability i i agree with you go with the the younger guy but in this situation i don't know like i think that's another way you could look at you it. can see yeah i mean or if taylor can decker the, can do it if, yeah. he, if he can do it but he's, he's never willing to he's never well, yeah. had the need to do it right he's always been on the left side i yeah i'm not sure if he played right side at all in, in at ohio state i'm not positive um when he was young he might have but i mean that that's something we that, should look into that no it is an interesting thing to to watch moving forward though because Sewell obviously being the anchor, the first pick of this new regime, um, it, it, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal to them, his development and growth. So if the, if he's the future there, they could just say, "Hey, it's yours. Take it away. You're the best here. You're confident. Like we're gonna we're gonna play into that confidence." Yep, I think the the pass blocking looked um, solid, but I think the run, uh, the the offensive line and the run game was 
very, very good. It was, and that's you what could will say make, elite. That's what make, yeah, I was just going to say, that's what will make this running game and, and the offensive line is elite is when you start getting that push and creating holes the way that they were. Again, against a very good defensive line that knew you were going to run the ball or do checkdowns. Yeah. So they are able to sp- stack the box, and they were still getting good good chunks, you know. Um, you weren't getting the home run hits or anything, but where, where were they running? There was a couple 20-yard runs. Where, where were they running? It was more like right, right, I mean, right between – Jonah Jackson and Sewell, wasn't it? It, it was left side, yeah. yeah. They, were, they were pounding the left side the whole time. And now they did and have re-watched. a couple that they moved Sewell actually to the right side. Like they, that was, int- I think, one time. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is cool to see, I guess. Well, he's athletic but enough to move. Yeah. yeah. And Jonah Jackson pulled a couple of times, and they were they got to the second level. They're blocking uh, linebackers. Like it was, it was really awesome to see. And you also saw the talent of the running backs. They could make people miss. They could get to the next level, uh, put some big hits on some safeties with yeah. Swift there. That was, that was yep. really good to see. So Swift and Williams uh, combined for a total of 93 yards on 20 carries. Again, the 82 yards in the first half uh, before they kind of went down big was – was, and, and that number might not be completely accurate. That was just kind of – I went through the, the numbers last night, and I think that's what I tallied, but I'm awful with math, so I'm probably way off. But – at least it was somewhere around there. The majority of the yards were in the first half when the game was close, and that is very comforting because if you can have a running game like that, 82 yards in the first half between two guys like that, um, you're, you're going to stay in games a lot a lot better than we actually did. You know what I mean? We deserve better heading into that first half, and it was because of our running game. Um what what do you think about the two headed monster there that we got with with Swift and Jamal Williams? I loved it. I thought Jamal Williams was perfect for that attack. I thought he was the number one, which I really actually liked seeing. I, I liked seeing that he was able to be the main guy, especially early on in the game, and then let let Swift come Just in kinda, and be the be the the lightning bolt. Yeah, and and he was, and it wasn't necessarily like on the. So Jamal Williams was getting the chunk yards on the ground. Swift was. Kind of consistent, but then the passes too. Like he was catching the ball out of the backfield. Swift looked great out of the backfield catching the ball. Um, Williams did too. He did, sec- he did have a drop, but I don't, don't want to over it. Yeah, yeah. His like second that. effort though, with Jamal Williams. I think he just set the tone for the team. And this is exactly what Micah told us about. He, he said we were going to like him. He said he was going to become a fan fa- fan favorite, not because of just his personality and and his um like the the way he just uh like shines on the camera and stuff he's a he's a good guy he's a yeah. funny guy but also because of his how hard he works and you could see it like he just did not want to go down yeah and, that, and that's exactly what a young guy like swift will respond to he's not getting he, he, jamal williams didn't come in here and get carries because of his name like uh, adrian peterson or or something along those lines or a guy that they don't want to give up on yet because he was somewhat of a high draft pick you know what i mean like this guy comes in and he's working just as hard, if not harder, than Swift to do that because he's not that name. He's not the the high end draft pick that deserves to get carries. He he's in there working and and does in earning every single one of his touches. I think I think it's a a really valuable thing to have the the way the Saints have done things. Which I bring that up because of because of uh, Dan Campbell's background yeah. with the Saints, but with Alvin Kamara. The, the main talent in the in the running back room, yep. it, he's not dominating the, the carries. He's not yeah. dominating the touches. You still had... Well, all, it was Ingram for a while. Mel, yeah. Latavius yeah. Murray Mid- as well. Latavius Murray, yeah. I mean, they've, they've gone through the two-back thing. They they specialized in that. They yeah. they dominated with that and not and taking away and not making one back uh, a full workload over the course of a season and get completely worn down by the end. I like that idea. I think Jamal Williams is a great second 
second fiddle in the first primary role, which is really cool. What do you think of the the defensive line? I I was a little underwhelmed by it. Um, I don't want to overanalyze it really because, I mean, it it was their first time together. But I was I was disappointed with with the off with the defensive line. I liked I liked what I saw out of uh, fifty four. What's the rookie? I, the numbers round. are throwing me off now, man. I, I have such a hard time with the numbers. I'll get it. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. So fifty four third. Oh, uh, in Uruzirike. No, Uruzirike's second round pick. The, the next, Ali McNeil. So oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really liked what I saw about uh, from Ali McNeil. I think he's going to be a really, really good um, defensive tackle for a long time. Like, he, he just looked like he fit already. He's got a, the NFL body. He's He is a, a large human being right now. He's super strong. He didn't get pushed around. He, he held his own. He could have done a little better. Yeah, I think some running backs ran through his arm tackles. Like, if he got some leverage up front, and then and then you throw your arm out. That's one of the things, the two-gap system with the 3-4, that's one of the things you're relying on those defensive tackles to do is be able to hold a hold a block or hold off a block while, Still while tackling to, with your arms. Yeah. And he missed a couple of those, but he was in the right spot. He okay. didn't get dominated physically. And so that was what I saw in this from this group. But I, I also think this is what I expected. They're not athletic enough on the ends to always beat tackles. So what do we, what do we plan on seeing from them? Maybe less pressure than nor- a normal defensive line, but balanced and and being able to cover their their okay. zones. And then what do you think about the linebackers? You already brought them up as a disappointment. Yeah, just disappointment overall. Yeah, I think they were not very physical at all. I think they missed a lot of tackles. We relied on Tracy Walker um, at that ten to fifteen yard mark. All all along the game, and he he did a good job of making those tackles. But you do not want your safeties consistently making tackles in the running game. Yeah, because that's when they'll just beat you up top. And and that's exactly what that what that was. And it was a sign of our linebackers not being physical in their presence and hitting those gaps. Obviously, we'll get into the Okuda injury. But before he got injured, what did you think of Okuda and Warrior? Um, I thought Warrior looked very disappointing. Um, I. I have a hard like I've I've said this many times. I have a hard time watching and being like it was a Warrior's fault. I don't understand if somebody should be helping him. I don't that stuff is so foreign to me. Um, but I noticed that he was getting picked on. I think, if that's fair, and that's concerning. Um, just the corners in general were, were disappointing. It, maybe I'm gonna have a different opinion on this than I think you're gonna hear on sports Most talk people? radio. Yeah, um, I rewatched. Every single offense or defensive snap of this game, I watched Jeffrey Okuda. I watched Awarie, and Awarie was not very good. He wasn't the best in the first half, but Jeff Okuda, I'm telling you, he played a really good game. And I and I have heard it from from several different radio hosts about how badly he played, and they're talking about one play. Yeah, they, they didn't watch. They You've didn't kind of see, brought that up several times. Like, yeah. Yeah, one play seems to be his downfall. And and they did not they clearly did not watch the game because he played a good game. He had some pass breakups, he was not picked on, he was barely targeted. He was involved he when the the famous now famous video of him yeah. getting yelled on yelled at on the sideline, that was because he didn't join in a running game. Like he didn't stop the run one of the okay. plays. So on that touchdown run, he got caught on the outside. He was setting the edge. When the edge guy did not do that, when the linebacker missed his tackle, they were relying on him to make a, a tackle. He went to the outside and got beat to the inside. Okay, and so like that's what he was getting yelled at. He wasn't even getting yelled at because of a, a pass breakup or getting beat down the field. Like to me, he looked fast. 
and we can get into how disappointing it is moving forward. But that one play, he was in a perfect position. He just didn't turn his head around. Yeah. He, th- he even like watched it and tried to block it with his hands, and then it, it was a it was actually a bad throw and a good reaction to come back to the ball, and and he got beat as a cornerback. My goodness, that's going to happen. So obviously the injury. Yeah, the injury. So ruptured Achilles. I don't know if there's a difference between a torn Achilles and ruptured Achilles, I don't but know that either. sounds is it a partial tear? Is that awful? What? I have no idea, but out for the year. Year two, down the drain already. Yep. Um, and that sucks for his development. Um, sucks for this defense. It sucks for the defense, but I, in my head it's more like I wanted to uh, – he was the guy that we were going to learn a lot about this year. Yeah. And now we don't we don't know. And now we don't know if that's going to be a hole heading into the draft. We don't know if that's going to be a hole heading into free agency. I don't know if we can trust a guy coming off an Achilles injury. And I don't know if he can play in this league like uh, for 18 games or I, 17 games. I it, agree. I agree. And, and that sucks for being a, a third overall pick. And where this organization's at, it only hurts um, him. I feel awful for him. I feel awful for the for, for the team. That 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 really sucks that he's gone. Um, but it opens the door for the the was it the fifth round pick? Melifonwu. Yeah, Melifonwu. Is, Is that, that it? it? Close enough. Um, we'll Mellie. learn it when we need to. Iffy. Yeah, Iffy. That, that's it. Um, he's he's the one that's going to get these these snaps, right? Or are they going to bring someone else in? Um, obviously, time will tell. I think there's a Price, right? AJ Price is that is that his name? Uh, another rookie. Okay. Converted safety to to cornerback. I mean, this coaching staff knew that we were thin at cornerback. We still got rid of a, a few veterans that they just didn't like how they were playing, and they put it on a young crew and then the worst thing happened your number one cornerback goes down in week one and i don't even i didn't see the play i couldn't i honestly didn't either. i couldn't pick it out i didn't see what happened um it, it's so disappointing because again one i'm i'm looking at that game saying he never got beat he had the touchdown against him that was a that was just to me those fluke plays happen like cornerbacks you, you can get beat it just happens on a regular basis it's easier to be a wide receiver in this league so to me he he played a really good game and it was really good to see because I wasn't expecting a lot from him yeah. and he looked fast and he looked confident and then it, and then this happens and this is exactly like you said this was the key year for him and for the fans to see how he develops and know what we have moving forward to wrap up the 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 Lions talk what was your biggest positive out of this game? My biggest positive. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to go with the running game, personally. I, I really, really liked what I saw from that. Um, but I think it can kind of piggyback on the offensive line, too. So. Okay. So so my I agree with both of those, first of all. My biggest positive is going to be this coaching staff. Okay. And it – Exactly what Dan Campbell said in his opening speech that got super famous and is now, you know, like the source of a lot of jokes and stuff. Yeah. He, everything that he talked about, about getting knocked down and and behind and all this kind of stuff, but we're going to chip back. We're never going to give up. We're going to keep going. We're going to bite some kneecaps. We're going to, yeah. We're going to, you're going to knock us down again. And guess what? We're going to claw our way right back. (laughs) And that's exactly how they played throughout that game. It was. And I just think, not only that, but the calls throughout the game were 
showed confidence in his team yeah, I mean, early on, the, the fourth down The fourth calls. down twice. Yeah. I think the first two drives there was a fourth down How call, many right? fourth downs did we go for throughout the game? Five? I, I, shoot, I, I, yeah, I think it was five. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we that to me, that's like that. me says, hey, guys, no, we're trying to win this game. And, and I trust you guys to make it happen. How early he did it was the the key part for me, especially that first one, the one that that that, that they didn't didn't. Uh, yeah, Jamal Williams Jamal slipped Williams and fell. Slipped and fell. Um, but man, the fact that he was just like, "Go, we're doing it." And then the second time came up, they were way closer, and he was just, "Go, yep. like we're doing this." I, I know. I loved it. I mean, if if we're fighting for a playoff spot and like. Like then I'm gonna be yeah. Like, then we're like, hey, we're one win away from <laughs> or one loss away from losing this. Yeah, thing. then like, I'll go back and be don't like, be well, dumb. we went for it there. You should have got the three yards. Yeah, but we're points. not a good team. But we're not w- here to win games. So I, let's go for it. Let's let's we, get a culture but, down. But we are here to win games. You yes, know what I mean? Exactly. But yeah, we're yeah. not here to not lose games. You know what I mean? Like they're not afraid to lose. I don't know if I said that right, but they're not afraid to lose. Yeah, they're not. And I love that. They're not making their decisions based on uh, what. They're supposed to do that. Yeah. They read in a book one time. Fear of, of what people say about them. Yeah. Stuff like that. Micah? Okay. Maybe this becomes a new topic. Every single week, what's your kneecap rating for this game? Oh, that'd be fun. How many, like, the, how many the, kneecaps? The grit, the resiliency, uh, that blue-collar work ethic. What kneecap rating would you give this game? How many kneecaps in Campbell's Soup? Yeah. Oh, kneecap soup. <laughs> um <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, ten being ten kneecaps. So I I would say six and a half. Six and a half kneecaps. I love I love what they did like later on, but I also don't. It felt like a mirage to me, and it felt like, yeah, they didn't quit, and I love that, but they also weren't very hard nosed in in certain points of that game, and that was kind of disappointing. So that's why I didn't go too high personally. I'm, I'm going seven kneecaps. I'm thinking I, I even even when Okuda was getting yelled at on the sideline again, that wasn't his fault that that running back went went out to the edge and and scored the touchdown. But they said no, this is our expectation for you to be physical, for you to go make that play, make that tackle, and that's our expectation moving forward for the rest of the year. So coaching staff, hats off, seven. If it's craft beer in Michigan sports, we may not be the authority, but we love both like a fat kid loves cake. This is State of My Sports. Let's talk about some Michigan Wolverines football. You guys down for for that? Micah, you excited for some Michigan Wolverines football? (laughs) I always am. All right, so they ran ran it on the now 0-2 Washington Huskies, 31-10. You can say ran it up. Brian... From Ludington Bay, Bay, who dropped off the beer for us today. Thank you again, Brian. Um, is actually a Huskies fan. He was at the the big house for the very first time, Oof. Um, and he said that people were really nice to him. So that, that's good. And I'm going to be nice to was him. Was he lying? I don't know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. He seems like a nice guy though. So all right, the running game again, uh, led by Blake Corm and oh Hassan Haskins. Corm uh, ran the ball 21 times for 171 yards. Uh, for 8.1 average, Haskins had 155 yards on 27 carries for a 5.7 average. Corum uh, had a 67-yard touchdown, 7-yard touchdown, and 4-yard touchdown. Uh, Cade went 7 of 15 for 44 yards. Um, more on that here in a bit. And the defense was dominant, allowing only 50 yards rushing and 293 yards through the air, um, but had four sacks and one fumble recovery. Um, they dominated up front on both sides of the ball. And that's one thing that uh, Harbaugh has said he's he's wanted to do since day one, and he did it against another Power Five school. And I don't want to get into 
right away how good or how bad Washington is because we don't know. Um, yeah, they lost to Montana, but they're 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 talented. They have the talent, um, and they have the beef. They have the recruits, and and they they have what it takes to be successful, whether it happens or not. Um, we'll see. Um, but dominating the way you did against a power five school is always a good thing. Don't want to don't want to overlook that. Hundred um, percent. Decorum- defense was not their weakness either. The question mark with Washington going into this was their offense. Yep. Yep. And um, uh, they have so Giles Jackson over there, don't they? Sure do. <laughs> yeah, they do. For now, he might he might want to leave. Yeah. Here in a Come bit. Back. Yeah. Um, yeah, they won't let him back. I was actually listening to 971 The Ticket today, and they had the interview with, with Cade. Yeah, how'd that um, go? And there was a one of the guys asked, he goes, so Giles Jackson, did you get a chance to talk to him after the game? And it was just like, silence. Uh, nope. <laughs> well, really? <laughs> and they just like, okay. Ooh. It was like, it was awkward, but like awesome. you could tell the way the way he answered that question. He's like, yeah, we nope. We we not did not exchange it. pleasant pleasantries. That's, that's one of those, those things where it's like, what's the best way to make friends and bond when you're in school growing up? Uh, a teacher <laughs> that you mutually hate, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so I, I want to start with Coram Haskins, right? Very very great. Another another dominating performance from them. Great to see um, two two guys getting the 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 workload here. Um, there was a time that they had 16 straight run running plays. Um, 16 straight yeah uh which is i mean cool that you can do it my I, is so, that right. it? he passed so, it 15 times <laughs> so we we were watching the game together mike and i were about losing our you know what's the we fact were, that we were there both was on the same page downfield <laughs> ryan you were trying to talk calm or you're just trying to egg us on <laughs> we don't really know i don't even know oh, uh, he was totally calm <laughs> cool collected he's like no this yeah. is good this is good all right yeah, so i, I, I loved think, it do we just want to move right now to the fact that they didn't throw the ball? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. What What do you think? I uh, all right. I don't think they threw well, the ball. <laughs> you You know what I thought Saturday night because right. I was upset. All right, let's, he completed, let's break, let's he completed break this down. Yeah. seven passes on fifteen attempts for forty four yards. Not only that, but three of those pass completions were to Blake Corum for eleven yards, and one other one was Hassan Haskins for zero yards. So that means the wide receiver group, Cornelius Johnson, A.J. Henning, Mike Sanders still, totaled a grand total of 33 yards. Blocking, blocking, and blocking. Three receptions, 33 yards. Wow. Which was all on one pass play, by the way, Cornelius Johnson. One, okay. because Sanders still was one for minus one yard, and A.J. Henning was one for one yard. All right. I went into this game saying, just win. Just right. win. That right. was all I cared about. And – on paper, yes, that's all I care about. They won the game. The way they did it, I don't care because two weeks from now, nobody will remember how they beat Washington 31-10. Now, that was my argument. That's how I was talking to and, you guys and, and, at the at the time. And right? I think we do get that. We get that. We, we talked about it before the game, but at the same time, is it felt like an opportunity. And, and, and this is a selfish thing as a fan probably. I want to know that we're going to be okay without Bell. I want to know that Cade can make these throws to someone other than Bell without him there. And I thought this was an opportunity to show little old me that it's going to be okay. And I don't know that it's going to be okay. No. And I won't know it's going to be okay until we're in the fight against, let's say, Rutgers or Wisconsin. Now, to be fair, I don't think that was the game plan 
because Ronnie Bell was out. I don't think that was the drive to go all run or mostly run, however you want to say it. But something that Ryan made me think of when I was slightly inebriated, inebriated, I'm apparently inebriated right now. (laughs) However, okay, so, so Ryan goes, why do you think they're doing that? And I said, I don't know, but to be honest, I do know that Washington's secondary is really, really good. So the fact that Michigan was able to choose outright to run the ball and ran it down their throats for four quarters straight, what was, I mean, it, who has that luxury just to choose one offense, one offensive side or the other, going pass or run, and then make it work like that because not that you're scared of the secondary or scared of your your rush defense, but the fact that they made it work when they wanted to make it work was impressive. I agree. It, it's impressive. But this is not the way college football is successful right now. No. It's not. No. You need more. And, again, selfish me, I want to I know that we can. I love the fact that we can run the game, run the ball. Like that, that's going to become that's very, right. very valuable in the big games. That's it, just as valuable in the big games um, as, as a good passing game. But now, like, we could have tried a little bit, right? Okay, I, I just I think you have to keep this in perspective. Week one, you you were scared going into Western Michigan. Yeah, I was. And then we were we were looking at was uh, Washington, thinking, okay, that's that's a likely loss. That would be awesome to to win. We were not thinking. Um, I hope we show really well in a 31 to 10 blowout. Like that was not even part of the conversation two weeks ago or last week. You know what I mean? Like that, that wasn't even considered. So we had an injury. We, but what did we come back and do? Washington's strength was their secondary. So what did we do? We attacked them at their weakness. Yeah. We, we didn't even let them show their strength. And so, this team not only, I think, found an identity, which is running the ball, being physical, and looking at their potential Heisman uh, candidate at some point with Blake Corum, but but this is also their strength, Michigan's strength. We know it's their strength. The running running back room didn't even play Donovan Edwards. This this group is stacked. They're really, really good, and the offensive line wanted to go hit people, so we let them go hit people. And it worked really well with no risk with interceptions or anything, so we dominated them. So now going into the next two weeks, we have what? Northern Illinois, followed by Rutgers. We have two weeks right now with all the practices in between to get this passing game sharpened up, sorted out a little bit, and if J.J. wants to get mixed in here and there, let's throw him in. I'm not saying that we can't do that, especially after this last game. But uh, this this was not about trying to give somebody confidence. This is about giving the team as a whole confidence. And there's no better way to do that than manhandle another team and assert your dominance whenever you wanted to do it. I, I like how Ryan Ryan pointed that out because, to be honest, it, it you could really look at it as the offensive line getting their reps in against a Power 5 team mm-hmm. where I think a lot of us fans, that's one of our concerns if you're a Michigan fan, is the offensive line, and they 100% got their reps in in the Washington game, and it it became to the, it came to the point where it was almost tempo too. Yeah, it, it's it's not you know just take our time, kind of line up, and you know we're gonna pound the ball. No, it was it was up tempo, and the offensive line 
Corum and Haskins got a serious workload. They were dangerous. I just, uh, it's not like this was running down their throats for three to five yards at a time. No. They were they were on the brink of breaking it. If they didn't break it, they were on the brink time after time. Like Blake Corum was a weapon every time he touched the ball. Yeah. Hassan Haskins is very difficult to bring down, and and they knew it. One yep. thing that I, I loved about the offensive line is it wasn't just pounding forward. It was like... They want they, they were like, I, I rewatched the game last night and they're like, and and kind of a, a breaking down the offense line stuff. There was guys yeah. like moving from one side to another. There was guys pushing. There was guys pulling. It was like they were create. It wasn't necessarily just they were dominating these guys. They were putting a hole wherever they wanted to. It was creative. They were creating exactly. the hole everywhere on this line where wherever they wanted to. It was. All right, we're gonna have a hole right right behind our right guard this time, and this is where they're gonna run, and that's where they did. It and that was very cool. To that's see. funny that you bring that up because I was reading an article how about how they wanted to hit the C gap. Okay. They they were all about the C gap later in the game, and that's what they did. They just told that offensive line, "We're gonna keep hitting the C gap," and that's what they did. What do you say, Ryan? This reminded me of the San Francisco 49ers two years ago. Where they they would they were winning playoff games with throwing the ball seven times, and people were saying that's not sustainable. And it's like you do you understand how creative this running game is? You you understand it's not it's not just ground and pound. It's also creativeness to get people in space to make plays and to give them to work towards your advantage. And I think I saw some of that. I'm not I'm not praising the play calling from the passing point of view. I don't. I'm not saying that there's nothing to be worked on. I, I think this passing game can improve greatly. I don't think it's as bad as what they showed against mm. Washington. Okay. Um, but but I also think we have some time to figure that out now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing that uh, Carrie just com- uh, commented on was uh, sh- she said, I was still happy with the fact that we held them to 10 points. Uh, that's not nothing. And I and I agree with that. I, I, I think Kudos w- to the defense. Washington's offense is, is a big question mark, I think, especially with what they did against Montana, now against Michigan. But still, they, they dominated. Michigan's defense absolutely dominated. They were lucky to even get 10 points. Uh, rewatching the game last night, it was like, wait, I guess that was a kind of a garbage time touchdown when they got to that seven um, yeah. in, in a lot of ways. So um, they dominated that game, and, and that's comforting. It is. Um, well, Aiden Hutchinson looks like a – Three of the four sacks. Uh, he's – Right? Yeah, well, he two, I think he got two and, two and a half. half. Oh, yeah, two and a half, what, sorry. What, what, but, Upshaw, um, Upshaw had one with him. Okay, and then um, – but yeah, he also had three three other tackles as well and another assist. But dude, this guy is slowly becoming one of the better defenders in college football. He would have been a first round pick last year. Yeah, if he would have come out, he would him and Quiddy Pay would have both been first round picks. Like the secrets, it's not a secret. Yeah, you know, it, it, everybody knows about it. He's he's that good. But, but he looked like a man out there. He looked like an NFL yeah. defensive oh, yeah. end. <laughs> against a bunch of college guys. So, so I was watching. Like. I was watching um, Monday Night Football last night. Um, was, ah, shoot, what's the guy's name? Something Cro- Max Crosby is that his name? Mad Max they call him for the Raiders. Oh, Raiders, yeah. It, that's exactly what he reminded me of. He was just out there dominating, just didn't stop. And that's what I, I remember seeing with Aiden Hutchinson. It was just like this guy is dom- He can dominate 
every snap, snap that he wants to. I, I liked seeing him <laughs> around the outside. I liked seeing him when he, when he faked outside, went inside. He actually reminds me of Nick Bosa, the way he moves around yeah. and uses yep. his hands and arms hmm. and that athleticism. Even if it's like a little bit slow moving sometimes, he covers so much ground because he's huge. He's a yeah. huge human being. When you watch him and he gets an offensive lineman or a tight end off their balance, he gets them up really high and starts pushing, almost tipping them over. Yes. He gets leverage like oh, yeah. nobody else. Yeah, I I think this defense in general was so it was fun. It's just been fun to watch so far because they're flying around the field, and and I think Micah, you said it in the middle of the game. Like there was one tackle where there was four other guys who jumped in and just like threw their body with reckless abandon in there, <laughs> and and it's like we don't remember seeing that last year. We don't remember seeing the energy, the hype, the the gang tackling, the guy from the safety position sprinting in to help on a running play when three bodies are already there blocking him. Like we're, you're seeing collective understanding of how important it is to fly around the field and make plays. And I think guys like Brad Hawkins has been awesome. Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, Vincent Gray has actually looked really good, which will, you know, maybe he might get exposed here and we'll there see, against yeah. better competition. I like seeing DJ, DJ Turner out there this time as opposed to zero snaps last time around. Um, what do you think of Josh Ross? Josh Ross played a really good game. Yeah, yeah. I think it was one of his better games. I think it was as as a Wolverine. I still think he might get exposed sometimes for not having the the natural strength that other linebackers have. Um, but man, they're utilizing his speed so much better this year than in previous years because they're doing a lot of delayed blitzing with him. They're 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 putting him on tight ends in coverage, and they're not just using him as a big 250-pound linebacker. They're saying, no, wait, hold on. You have a strength here with your speed and your understanding of the game, and they're playing to his advantage. He is being used similarly to Devin Bush. Okay. Yeah, yeah, letting him letting him yep. attack. Yep, and uh, Rod Moore, actually. Rod Moore had a good game. He, ha- he had a mistake here or there, but Rod Moore uh, wears 19. Okay. Playing a good game. He, he did well. Some uh, some pass blocks, and uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see him against better competition. I, I, I hope he proves well and, and plays well. So Across the board, though, I mean, Nikai Hill-Green was, was great again. I think he's – I really think he has the potential to be the star linebacker of this group. Yeah. Um, Daxon Hill was awesome. You know, he had one tackle, yeah, five yeah, assists to tackle. Stats he, weren't there, but all over. he was he, all over the field again. He, he's and only going to get he's, better. He's playing more and more cornerback, and I love seeing that because they're yep. using him to his advantage too. And and I think that's really the theme with the defense. They're setting these guys up to be successful. And it's easy to say when maybe you play Western and then a, a bad Washington offense, and you could you could argue that all day, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but this is not the same group as last year. Yeah, This is a confident group who's who's – hitting hard and running fast and it's a big difference you just compare you just opposed it to last year and it's not even close yeah no, I, I agree and i, I think we got a, a i don't want to say a week off i don't want to overlook northern illinois or anything i, I also don't want to break down this game i'm not we don't need to waste anybody's time nope. trying to throw trying the ball to d- dick in or <laughs> dick into this. I'm like, oh <laughs> well boy. done well done um, dig, we, we dig we don't need to dick into this <laughs> anymore than we already have yeah um but, I mean, go out there, take care of business, and I think in, in two weeks or so we'll be able to know exactly what this team, um, if we can move up their ceiling, if that's fair. From the Red Wings to Michigan State, we're talking about it. 
This is State of My Sports. How are we so, doing on time, Micah? Are we doing all right? Where, where are we sitting? Yeah, hour eight. Not bad. And that was still minus three minutes from yeah. the intro. That yeah, sure. Very, very nice. So we're, we're doing good. The Spartans took care of business as well against Youngstown State, uh, winning 42-14. to 14. Uh, This time Peyton Thorne and the wide receivers showed uh, they are more than a ground-and-pound offense with Thorne going 15 of 21 for 280 yards and four touchdowns. Two of them were a set. Was it two of them? Being a 75 yards touchdown, an 85 yard touchdown to Jaden Reed, who ended up with 181 yards. Um, Naylor um, and Eli Collins, Jordan Simmons got the majority of the care. Oh, I don't know what it was going Elijah Collins. Yeah, I saw Eli. I don't know if he changed what he, he wanted to be called Eli now. Well, Doesn't maybe, matter because he's maybe. hurt. Um, or is he the one that got hurt? He's not the one that got hurt. Yeah, he is the one that got hurt. Anyways, I don't know where I was at. Don't call me out on um, this. He had a receiving <laughs> touchdown. Jordan Simmons actually got the majority of the carries with 16 uh, for 121 yards, and uh, Walker had a solid second game uh, with 57 yards on seven carries. Um, it just felt like Mel Tucker wanted to to do it in a different way and show people he could. You know what I mean? And, uh, man, very impressive. First play of the game, again, touchdown, very first play. Well, well, so the first first game was the 75-yard ton run by – Kenneth Walker, yeah, yep. and then the flea flicker. I don't know if you guys saw it. Then that touchdown yeah, it awesome. to Jaden Reed. I mean, I, it, it's he throws a good ball. He man. He does, and I mean, Peyton, it was Peyton Thorne is is the real deal. Um, but the offense um shined in multiple ways. I thought that was impressive, um, and really great to see heading into a, a a big road test here. Another road test, I should say. I think Northwestern was a road test. This is another big test for them, and I don't want to overestimate. Miami or anything like that because they obviously haven't looked great, but they still have all the talent. You know, they're still good. Um, and Michigan State looks like, in my opinion, the better team out of the two. And honestly, they look like the better team in the state, in my opinion. I'm going to say it right here, right now. They they look they look solid across the board. I don't I don't know if they have a weakness. It, I, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't. Um, which is really cool. So Peyton Thorne, um, very efficient again. Four touchdowns. Um. Pop the top off a few times, which I think is awesome. Um, rushing touchdown too, by the way. He did have a rushing touchdown. Yeah, I didn't write five that down. total touchdowns. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because it was Youngstown State, and I don't think that that's fair to Michigan State. I don't think that's fair to anybody to say like it. This is a crazy good team or anything like that. Um, but they've taken care of business. They have shown they they have they have had two tests, and they have passed both of those two tests with flying colors. And I'm not the one to judge to say what test it was that they, you know what I mean? Like, there were the two that were put in front of them, and they absolutely dominated. And Peyton Thorne is is a big reason why. Um, great in the first game, uh, even better in the second game. I mean, what, what do you think of this guy, Ryan? I, I think he throws such a clean ball. And I think this is exactly, and this is not, this is not taking a shot at Michigan or anything, but I honestly think that this is what Cade McNamara needs to be watching. Mm-hmm. Because Peyton Thorne, the way he throws the ball down the field with confidence, they're 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 scheming him open, yes, with the flea flickers and some of the other things. But you look at that second touchdown pass that he threw to Jaden Reed. Um, Jaden Reed again, his wide receiver from high school. Like yeah. This is his safety net. He threw over the linebackers in front of the safeties on a on a you know just a perfect island right with his wide receiver, who then outran everybody for the touchdown. Like yeah. 
that shows confidence. There were three defenders in the media area right there, and he just wasn't afraid. He knew where to put it. Yeah. Yeah, and he wasn't afraid. And you see the way he's moving around the pocket. He looks so comfortable. He looks comfortable. He looks athletic. He looks like, again, I go back to the arm, like his arm action and his ability to be free with his arm. Like he doesn't get locked up ever if he's on the run or anything. Like he throws a nice, smooth, uh, powerful ball, and and I just think he's in his comfort zone right now. He's got a lot of confidence. Yeah, and the, the offensive side of the ball has weapons all over the field. I mean, the wide receivers are deep, and you have the high-end guy with, with Jaden Reed. Uh, sorry, is it? Yeah, yeah Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed. I always yeah. get Jordan and Jaden Jordan Simmons, Jaden Reed, uh, J- Jalen Na- Naylor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're, there's they're a tough. lot. They're tough to, there's a lot to go around. I'm just going to say Reed. Uh, I mean, he looks like a true number one, and the weapons are there, and, and we know that they can do it in multiple ways. Um, very, very cool to see. I mean, the O-line looks good. Uh, how good? Uh, I mean, what kind of talent have they played against? It, time will tell, but, like, Again, they're they're looking like a legit contender for the Big Ten, potentially. It, maybe not a contender yet, but they're they're, they're, a they're dangerous right team. there in that tier two, right next to Michigan, right next to, um, I mean Indiana. Maybe I, I don't know if that's fair. I group I group them with rate? Michigan. I think they're yeah, right they're on right the same there. page with Michigan. If if State would have been ranked twenty five after this week and Michigan was unranked, I would have understood that. Mm-hmm. Michigan's ranked 25, and I'm actually saying, what, where's State? Why why are they not getting the love yeah. that Michigan just got? Like, I honestly think they are neck and neck. They're both showing really good things. Yeah. They've done it against some decent opponents and some lesser opponents. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I think across the board, Michigan State has a lot to be proud of. And, and Peyton Thorne, I think the offensive line looks good because of him. And I will always go back to that. Your, your quarterback, it's both ways. Your quarterback can make your offensive line look bad, which is what State has done the last four years. And this year, not to say that they're playing any better or worse, I think it's just more predictable if you have a guy who can make good decisions and is athletic enough to move around. So I, I have written down here that the offensive line is, is night and day better. You don't necessarily think that it's necessarily – the offensive line, you think it's the quarterback that's making that offensive line look that much better? Two Twofold. I think, one, if you're predictable, then your offensive line is up against it every single time. As a, as a defensive lineman, you know what you need to do if, if the other team's predictable. Michigan State has been the most predictable team in the Big Ten the last four years with their with their quarterback, with the run options and all that kind of stuff. It's been garbage to watch, really. It, it's yes. put their offensive line in a terrible spot time after time. This year... They are an unpredictable offense. They just dominated on the ground and then dominated through the air. Mm-hmm. And a quarterback that's athletic enough to get outside the pocket and still dominate down in the air. You know. Yeah. So I think right now what you're seeing is d- defensive linemen don't know what to do. They don't know where to blitz from. They don't know if it's inside pressure, outside pressure, because he's beating him from the pocket. He's beating him outside the pocket. They're beating him on the ground with the delayed handoffs and all that too. Like it, It's a very well-rounded offense right now. Yeah, I think if this game was the Michigan Michigan State game was this week, I would probably take Michigan State to win this game, based on what we've seen so far. Micah, what, what do you think about Michigan State? Right now, yeah, if they were to play each other tomorrow, I'd be super worried, and I would probably put my money on Michigan State. It just echo what you guys have already said. I mean, I there's there's nothing else more to say. They they've done what they needed to do. Yep against the teams that they've played so far 
and they've done it in a dominating fashion. Yeah, the big the big plays were were through the air, obviously. Um, but the running game was was just as dominant in this game if as it was in, in game one when when it needed to be. Like obviously you didn't get the two hundred thirty four yards or whatever it was for for uh, Walker. But you had another guy. You had Simmons going 121 yards on 16 carries, 7.6 average. Walker, 57 yards on 7 carries, 8.1 average. They're averaging almost a first down per per touch. The, the running game is the key, I think. Um, if you, they can introduce a running game against anybody, they they, they have the, the arm talent with the, the, the quarterback. They have the wide receiving depth and, and high-end talent. That they can be in any in any game that they get faced to, at least on the offensive side. What what are you thinking about the defense? Obviously, it's hard to tell after this game um, against a, a Youngtown State type team. Um, but like, does anything stand out to you? Do you think the defense will be good enough in in those those big games? I I think or are you in wait and see mode. I I think this is a. Uh I think it's an underrated defense. I think they have playmakers. They have guys that know how to make big plays, and they, they're prepped for that moment. And I don't know what it is, but Michigan State's done this in the past. They always seem to have those X factors on the defense that can make the plays when they need the most. And I think, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, Xavier Henderson is that guy for them this year. He he looks great. Did you see that interception he had? Yeah, yeah. Across the middle, the one-handed. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just snagged the ball. That's the guy. Like, he is that good. And, and we talked about him. I think he was the possibly one of our picks for Dark Horse MVP. I think he was yours, yeah. Yeah, I mean, or even don't forget about it. I don't know. Yeah. But we highlighted this guy, and he is he's come to life. He's really, really good, and he's showing it. And and some of their linebackers are just so athletic. They fly around the field. I think they're going to give up points. When they play good offenses, I'm not saying they're a shutdown defense, but what they're going to do is keep themselves – they're not going to lose them the game. They're they're a different Spartan team than we are used to seeing oh, yeah. over the last seven to ten years, even like the championship teams. Like this team is – offensive. All, the offense is going to carry this team. And and is the defense going to be good enough? And that's kind of the opposite of what we went through. The defense kind of carried teams, and was the offense going to be good enough? They struck fire with like a Connor Cook and and a uh, what was the running back that was solid back then? And like just a couple, like there was it, it Le'Veon worked. Bell? Le'Veon Bell, yeah, <laughs> that's not who I was thinking. Who was that? Think. Kirk Cousins? With Le'Veon I think Bell? that was Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but it, it doesn't matter. But, but like this, you know what I mean? this actually reminds me of the Kirk Cousins teams, teams? a little bit. With with just the high passing ability with the with the pro style running back and some playmakers on defense, maybe not the maybe it's a little flipped, like maybe more offensive heavy and yeah. playmaker heavy on defense. Okay, and, and it was before that it was or those days it was more defensive dominant with Kirk Cousins coming alive. I don't know. Yeah. That was those were really good teams for those years. But. Yeah, their their defense is nothing to discount. No. Yeah, you you have to take it seriously. I mean, you you do have playmakers. I think you're still waiting on the linebackers to come to fruition. Um, I think their their defensive line is solid. It's it's nothing flashy. Um, Panashuk though, good player. I think he's probably NFL bound, maybe late round pick. But yeah. uh, I, I I don't think you just go into a game with the Spartans and go, yeah, you know, we'll just We'll take care of their defense, no problem, no issues. No, like you, you don't overlook that defense. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in general, I'm just optimistically cautious with this team. I like. I have nothing bad to say about what we've seen so far, but I also don't want to write any checks to them yet either because the talent level, we don't know what Northwestern is going to be long-term. Um, Youngstown State is Youngstown State. I don't want to get too excited about that game either. They're the Penguins. But I, we're, we're one week away no, from knowing how legit this team could be. And I, for me, what I've seen, like I already said, I'm putting them in Tier 2 of the Big Ten. And I guess that's as high as they'll go until they play against the Ohio State-Penn State teams. Can we can we appreciate where both after last season, where both of these teams and these uh, with Michigan and Michigan State – how we are feeling about them right now. Like, awesome. I don't want to lose track of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, don't want to lose that either because well, it could flip quick. It can, it can, absolutely. Teams. But, I, let again, like, I just think with the instability that came from two years ago with Mark D'Antonio uh, just really just screwing, screwing this, this team. team over. Yeah, yeah. And, and the timing of all that whole thing. Like, at the time we said, wow, what a hire. Like, we did not see – this good of a hire coming as as head coach in this with the circumstances that were there and we thought this was a uh, time to rebuild the program and it might take a little while and i just think he has brought such stability to this program so much faster yeah. than i was expecting and so i'm not saying this is michigan state team is a championship contending team i just think with the the stability and the uh, the exposure that they're getting with this team right now, and the way that they're playing, just to me, I have all the confidence in yeah. the world in this coaching staff and the way that they've been able to bring this program out of absolutely nothing and make them a real, like, uh, accelerated accelerated timeline for this within this Big Ten. They're contenders, man. They're, they they are a weapon any game they're playing. Yeah, one thing that I do, I think we got to um, be cautious on with with Michigan State is this. The transfer portal thing is working this year. They need a lot of they they have a lot of work to do to start building a consistent brand. It's working this year so far. Now, is it a long term fix? Probably not with the guy, type of guys that you're bringing in that are more short term guys. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's another thing that I want to winning brings be people cautious. in. Yeah, but they also got to recruit those guys. They need people to choose to go to Michigan State, which they're doing a decent job, but nothing too exciting yet. Michigan State's doing exactly what they need to do. They're winning the state of Michigan. They're, they're not branching out a ton, but they're getting a lot of homegrown recruits, which is really the staple of Michigan State. Prototypical it, recruiting. Yes. Yep. I, th- I was thinking about this earlier. It's like if we redid the, the schedule game, I feel like the coin flip games that we had would be wins, and yeah. there'd be a couple more coin flip games in there that we – originally voted as losses because what we've seen so far is it's answered all of our our concerns and questions about this team yep um i do want to get into miami here um just a quick little preview about that we don't want to get too much into the previous game because it was youngstown state we wanted to preview this a little bit um the first thing that stuck out to me was was miami they were ranked 14 to start this year lost to alabama 44 13 everybody knows that and then they dropped to 22 um overall they beat App State 25-23 to with a late field goal um, and then also dropped another two spots at number 24. Um, but you're on the road, a ranked game, ranked opponent. Um, I'm not going to try to, it, if they win this game, say that it's not a big win. This is a big-time opportunity for Mel Tucker, his staff, and this team. I'm really excited to see what they can do. 
Um, what, what kind of stands out to you guys in, in this game, heading in? To me, the the feel feels similar to what, the way I felt this last weekend with yeah. Michigan yep. versus Washington. I know that you know the, the rank and no rank between Miami and Washington, whatever. But it it feels similar to me. Yeah. So if if Michigan State can really really put together a a strong win, and I know it's at this point it everything is just win, just yeah. win, of course. But if they do it in a dominating fashion, you you got me sold on the Spartans thus far, no questions. Yeah, it's I'm in great, just win, great comparison, just win baby mode again. I really am. Um, Couple couple things that stood out to me with, with some of the numbers. Obviously, when you play against Alabama, the the numbers will be skewed because it's never easy to play against them. Um, but they average 335 yards per game and allow 419 um, yards per game, which is right around 170th in each category uh, across the country. And then uh, more importantly, I, I noticed that they allowed 146 yards per game, um, or sorry, 146 yards on the ground against App State. That right there is where I'm like, that's a great opportunity for Michigan State to control this this type of game. If they're struggling against a team like App State, and I'll, I'll jokes aside um, what App State is, but, man, if they're doing that there, look out for State in, in this opportunity. They, they could control the ball and, and and really dominate in a lot of ways. This is The, the reason this is a test is because you're now going against – uh, similar talent level across from you. They're yeah. they're one on one matchups at the line of scrimmage. You're looking at them, and those are big recruits. Those are those are legit Division One athletes that they're playing up against. I don't know if saying that it's a level playing field when you're talking about talent wise and, and recruit wise. I would say Miami probably has a much higher. If you're going stars, like I don't obviously don't have that in front of me of who is highly recruited and stuff, but I would say Miami probably has. More talent on paper, more stars. You I know think what I mean? they're fourteenth. They're fourteenth ranking to yeah. begin the season has yeah, a lot to do with that. Absolutely, so like that. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I just wanted to like. Yeah, yeah it's actually the it's, other way around. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're looking exactly. up to those guys, saying, "Okay, you were more highly ranked than me. You had this over me. You had this over me, and I'm going to go show you that Punch I'm better than you." Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and I think this is the test because. I think Northwestern was that to start the year, but Northwestern is also one of those oddball type of teams that they're you, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, they really are. So now this is the first time that they're going against guys who are were high, more highly recruited than them that are better athletes that and, are And Sam's right. Miami has the number 11th recruiting class last year. Wow. Yeah, so th- this is a team that you know, they they're going to have to earn it. These one-on-one matchups, if they win these and you it would do something like what you say, dominate on the ground or even through the air, that means that they're winning one-on-one matchups that on paper they shouldn't win. Mm-hmm. And that will tell us a lot about this team. Yeah, I think I think Michigan State needs to obviously get control of the run. Because, look, I mean, Miami's offense, it hasn't been great, but they have talent. They have um, a lot a lot of well, – they're king. They're, they're uh, quarterback. He's – Derek King. Yeah. He came back to, to – To win dominate. Heisman. Yeah, to, to do something. <laughs> yeah. And he hasn't so far. Um, but if you're not careful, this will be the game that he kind of comes out and does that. This is to me screams a high scoring game. 
I I think this will learn a lot about Michigan's Michigan State's um, defense here and offensive line too and offensive line yeah yeah I was yep this is a pro style defensive line that Miami has and we're gonna learn a lot about the Michigan State offensive line and how they're gonna hold up long term in the Big Ten. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. State of my sports. our betting hero picks of the week. Brian, can you tell everybody what betting hero is? Just real quick. Maybe. My Doesn't have to on? be too long. Oh, here it is. Yeah, betting hero, man. If you go to bettinghero.com, promo code MIBETS, they will give you all of the promo codes available in the state of Michigan with all the betting platforms online. And that's to your benefit because, again, we keep saying there's plenty of free money out there. Go get the free money. Go get the best promo code available at that time. They change every single week. They're trying to get more people in. So, bettinghero.com promo code MIBETS go check them out uh, it helps us it's the best way to support this podcast if you if you like what you hear please go out support us promo code MIBETS bettinghero.com Kyle once again dominated in his picks he went 5-2 and two, uh, which puts him at 10-2 and two overall oh, Micah, is he the best this week? no oh okay Micah went 5-2 and two as well with an 8-4 overall Ryan you went 6-1 and one. For an eight and four overall record, yeah. John went four and three, five and seven. I went three and four for a three and nine overall record. Wow, you're not doing good. We're gonna start with the <laughs> Giants. <laughs> yeah. the Wait, Giants. hold on. Can we appreciate my last minute change last yeah. week with Ohio State? Which one was that? Yeah, you, yeah, that's right. I yeah. wish I could change mine last minute. I said no. Wait, hold on. Oregon. There was another one that Oregon. you wanted to change, and I didn't let you. I don't remember which. I one I would have been like. seven and zero. Oh. Was it? Yeah. Uh I don't feel bad. Um. All right. So we're going to start with Thursday Night Football like we generally do. Giants, they are at the football team's stadium. Um, they are minus three and a half. Um, since Kyle's gone and John is gone, I will tell you guys their picks. Kyle went with the football team. John went with the Giants. Ryan. Redskins. <laughs> really? Micah. Oh, football team, I mean. Uh, you know what? Give me the Giants, even though their offensive linemen were blocking each other. <laughs> I will never, I will never bet for Daniel Jones. Yeah, neither will I, but that's a backup did? QB in Washington. What are you doing? Who is, who is the quarterback in this? Hinkle or Heinkel yeah, or Heineke or whatever his Heineke? name is. Heineken? Do they want Goff? <laughs> Heineken is <laughs> good, dude. Heineken is legit. I think he's better than people give him credit for. All really? right. I am also taking the football team. Um, moving on to the Chiefs at the Ravens. The Ravens coming off the loss on Monday Night Football. Uh, they are getting plus three at home. Both John and Kyle are taking the Chiefs. Ryan, what about you? I really, really want to take the Ravens here, but I also will go Chiefs. They were not very impressive, but I think the Browns are better than the Ravens. Wow. I am not going the Ravens. I'm going the Chiefs. Yeah. They, just, they just look too good. I, I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to keep up. I think the Chiefs did a great job. I, I, I picked Cleveland to win that game in my, my pick em thing, um, and they survived it. And yeah, I, I think that, that was the scare they needed to be even better moving forward. You got me for the Chiefs, right? That's what I said. Yeah, we all said Chiefs. Okay, got it. Uh, now we're going to Monday Night Football. We got the Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Last I saw was 10.5 points. How is, how is it 10.5 points? 
when they lost 31 to 3 or whatever? <laughs> it's because you're playing against the Lions. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a third down conversion. <laughs> um, Kyle is taking the Packers. John is taking the Lions. Ryan, what about you? I I got to go with the Lions here. I know the Packers are good. They're not that what they showed, but I I think Goff is going to go off in the fourth quarter when the game's out of touch. Kind of like last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I said was going to happen. They didn't cover the seven and a half. We did seven and a half. They got to eight. I was like, they're not going to deserve to cover, but they're going oh, to cover. Oh, that was my loss, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was my one loss. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, what about you? Seriously? Uh, I am going to have the Lions cover. I, I think it's going to be a similar situation to last week. Yep. I think the Packers are going to kill the Lions. Uh-oh. Look, how many young corners are we going to have on the field? They're going to pick on Jeffrey Okuda <laughs> not being out there. They're going to pick on whoever the heck they want to pick on, and it's going to be ugly. Fichu. Malafon. And then Aaron Jones is going to dominate when he wants to. I don't know. Man. I think this is going to be it. I think this is going to be ugly. You're really, really making do. me think I need to pick the Packers here. I don't want you to pick the Packers. I pick the Lions. Offensive line is weird for Green Bay right now. Is it? Oh yeah. Two rookies. How how should I transition the music? Because it sounds awful when I just turn it off. Just press that button. Turn it off and then there you go. Right. I don't like the way it sounds though. But got it. Maybe I'll learn. Anyways. We got some college football games to pick here. We're starting with Auburn at Penn State. Penn State is a six-point favorite. Kyle's going Auburn. John is going Penn State. Ryan, what about you? Mike, can you bring it down just a touch? I don't yes, know if it's sir. loud for everybody else, but this is just a louder song, I think. I, I'm still not buying Penn State. I'm going to go Auburn here. Micah? Same. Auburn. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I, I don't trust him. I can't stand Penn State. I can't stand James Franklin. I think he's one of the worst good coaches of all time. So. <laughs> uh, his recruiting and, the and, his, and his record speaks for itself, <laughs> but he's not a good coach. He gets lucky every single time, it seems like, in those big games. They like, get such you, good recruiting classes, and they just never are very good. You just <laughs> Michael Scotted yourself. Well done. <laughs> I like it. Um, Alabama is at Florida. This game snuck up on me. It wasn't on the original sheet. I added it. Um, 15 and a half points. Florida's getting at home. Uh, Kyle's taking Bama. John is taking Florida. I think they're divided in almost every game, it seems like. Hey. So other than the Chiefs game. Um, Ryan? This is tough. Bama just looks so good. Uh, but that's a lot of points to a good Florida team, too. I'm going Alabama. Okay. Give me Alabama. Yeah. Florida just let up 20 points to USF, so... I don't know. Yeah, I'm going I'm going Bama as well. Um, moving down to our Hazen Blue Crushable New England IPA. Let's do featuring it. Citra and Mosaic hops and brewed with real blueberries. That is one of the best New England IPAs I've ever had. And it's from Big Lake Brewing. So please check out Big Lake Brewing. I got the It's um, awesome, man. I don't know if you can see the the that thing on the Just put it closer. There it is. Oh, that looks actually really nice. Yeah, it looks good. Oh, yeah, Hazen Blue. It's Hazen really Blue. good. Regardless, it's on the screen. It's there. Um, so Michigan, uh, where are we at with Michigan? They are 27 hosting point favorites. Northern Illinois. They are 27-point favorite. Michigan and Michigan for Kyle and John. Ryan. Michigan. They're hosting Mr. Lombardi? Yes, sir. 
Ugh. I could see this game being a little less competitive if it gets out of hand early. But Michigan. <sighs> That's a lot of points. I'd, I'm going to be uh, Homer status here and say that Michigan's going to take it. So Yeah, I, I'm going to go Michigan as well. I think this is an opportunity for them to throw the ball. Kind of, I, I think they're going to try to do what Michigan State did against Youngstown State and throw the ball when they probably shouldn't and just kind of show that they can do it, show people what they have in their wide receivers and quarterback. Sure. Um, so I'm going to go with Michigan. So that brings us to our Sparty Party Pick of the Week. That is their New England IPA with Mandarina, Bavaria, and Amarillo hops, 7% alcohol by volume, 53 IBUs, another big lake classic. What, what are you guys giggling about over there? Did I say something? <laughs> no, you're good now. You're I, good. No, you're good. I didn't see you reach under the mic until the delayed video. Sparty Party, Sparty yeah. Sparty Party, you can see it on screen right there again. I like this. This is this might be the best thing I've ever done. Does, does he know it's on holding screen without another, holding it up? Another great New England IPA. Another great one. So, Sparty is at Miami. Miami is a six-point favorite. Kyle's taking MSU. John is taking Miami. Wow. Ryan? It's, it's in Miami. That That's... What's so hard about this pick for me, I think this is one that I actually might bet put some real money on. Really? And and go with MSU. Really? Sparty for this one. Like I, I really could see them doing the the problem is with Miami being at home, you just never know. You know, early momentum goes a long way in college football. But I am taking MSU. Micah? Give me Sparty. They're they're too hot right now. They're taking care of the rock really well. They're playing good football, so no reason to bet against them. Well, I have a reason to bet against them. Oh, oh, oh. I oh. think it's going to be a very good game. I could just see them losing by more than a touchdown, so I'm going to take Miami. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. Gut feeling? Just a gut. Yeah. It's a good it's kind it's of where, good where I'm feeling. at for this one. Um, before we move on from our picks, obviously we talked about our Sparty Party pick, our – Haze and Blue pick. The reason why we do that is because Big Lake Brewing is looking to get some of the biggest Michigan and Michigan State fans on the cans of the official beers of college football this season. Sparty Party and Haze and Blue. Um, all you have to do is get decked out in your maize and blue or your green and white. Snap a pick and submit it. Uh, submit your wildest fan photo uh, through their contest platform. It's on their website, on their Facebook um, I'm sure it's on their Instagram. You know how Instagram says like link in bio? Where the heck is a bio? I cannot the, figure that out. The page and you there's go to a their link. Page. Yeah, they give you a link and then they have all the videos right there lined up. Like your, where your name is, it's under there. You can put a link. Do we have a link in our bio? Yeah. We'll we drop do. a link in our I, bio. Go I check it. Put them. it there. Really? What's the link to our Facebook page? No, no I, I made this video our podcast. Oh, I made a I made a Very video smart. of myself dancing one time. Yeah, there's a link to that. You put a link in the bio. Yes, go check nice, it out. Nice, nice. So go. yeah, um, one winner for Sparty Party and one winner for Haze and Blue um, will be selected by popular vote. So share your submission with everyone you know to increase your chances of winning. Uh, they have yeah again on their Instagram bio, Facebook page. I'm sure there's a website as well. So please check that out. 
it is time to grade our Michigan beers for this episode. But before we do, I want to once again remind everyone of our partner, Siciliano's Market. They're simply the best beer store in West Michigan, located on Lake Michigan Drive, right between Grand Valley State University's main campus and downtown Grand Rapids. Wherever you live in West Michigan, it is worth the short drive for what they have to offer. Whether you know what you want or you need some help from their expert staff, Siciliano's Market is the best place for that. They not only have a massive and up-to-date inventory of the best craft beers from across our great nation, they're individually priced so you can mix and match to build your own six-pack. Along with their great selection of craft beer, they have specialty wines, spirits, ciders, coffee, tea, tobacco, and cigars. They also have the largest selection of homebrew and winemaking supplies in West Michigan. We love that Siciliano's Market is part of the state of my sports family and is who we visit to help us choose our Michigan beers for each and every episode. So please check them out and let them know that we sent you. Hello. All right, it is on. I, I, I couldn't remember which, Jack, way, Jack. which way was on, which way was off. Ryan, can you remind everybody what we're drinking? Yeah, we're drinking uh, James Street Brown Ale. Maybe just called Brown Ale. I don't know, but James Street Brown Ale from Ludington Bay Brewing Company. This is smooth, dark American Brown Ale with a lacy tan head that is lighter tasting than it looks, which is a great description because this is such an easy to drink. 5.2% alcohol by volume. Um, are, we, are we at the grade point? Uh, at the point of the this whole thing we're doing grades you're just writing wow. stuff down so i'm not even i'm trying to extend here you want to reword that sentence one more time oh, did i mess it up did it sound bad <laughs> yeah so we're drinking no, james you're good. brown you're ale you're good no, i'm gonna i'm just gonna let him go yeah i mean i'm really enjoying this he, i could just fill no. empty air he sounds like he was having fun wait, he I was have, drinking wait really i have well. something to say hold on all right no, so they said uh, Sam doesn't like that <laughs> let me let me go hold on i got something to say all right, so I I think this. Wait, were you gonna do a description of this? No, I was just gonna talk a little bit about it. Oh, okay. Why don't you do that? All right, it's probably so, better than my thing. So Brian, who who uh, works for Ludington Bay and helped us get this beer, um, he he said, if there is a sessionable brown, this is it. It it's light body but dark roasted malt characteristics to complement the changing of the seasons and the darkness of my heart after a husky loss. Ooh. <laughs> Go blue. <Well, laughs> <laughs> I honestly so, was going to say sessionable. Were so, you really? Yeah, it's so cool that he said oh, that. Yeah. I should have let you, you are do it. Full that of it. No, I that was literally what I was going to say. But but before that I was going to just get on my high horse and talk about Michigan craft breweries. Okay, what does <laughs> sessionable mean then? Sessionable? Like you could just yeah, go like, through one yeah, after another. Yeah. Like you just keep coming back for more. Crushable, easy to drink. Yeah, yeah. crushable is another. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I mean, that's what session session beers are, though. It's like easy to drink. Come back for more. Excellent. Um. So yeah, we're uh, grading now, right? Was, yeah. What would you give it for the grade? I, I was, I was gonna get into my whole spiel here. So, um, yeah, I just, more. I just think so. What this podcast has really done for me with with the beer scene in Michigan has just exposed. Me to all of the awesome breweries that there really are in the state of Michigan. And Ludington Bay is one of those, and I think they're so underrated. And I don't know if they're underrated or not, but to me, they're I haven't had a bad beer from them. And this is exactly what I expected from them with this brown ale. It's so easy to drink. You just it's you just come back for more. This is like a perfect beer to be drinking while doing this podcast. It's yeah. perfect. Especially I, this is gonna be like one of my new fall beers for sure. Yeah. I really I it's it's easy to drink, which I love. I love when it's easy to drink, and it's not like the flavors 
there. It's like a yeah. full flavor, but it's so it goes down so smooth. Yeah. So what, what kind of grade would you guys give this? Waiting on you. You want me to go first? Do it. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a very, very good brown, and I'm going to go with an 8.3. Well, fall time's brown time. I what, love it. What they always say. Oh. Hashtag, ha- hashtag <laughs> brown time. Or <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> so let's just. I, I want to well, say. No, that's good. I want to say Ryan for last because it sounds like he's having a good time over there, and I'm going to give him a minute to think about his grade. This is a good beer. Everything that Ryan said, I completely agree with. The flavor is great. Uh, the the beer is well balanced. I love the way it tastes. It's very smooth, exactly like the can says, and it is going to be a staple at my household this fall. I mean, I've had a I've had a few browns. I tend to go to the store and buy come fall time, and this is definitely going to be in the roundup. So I'm going to go with an eight point three. Oh, it's a great score. What, what did you give it? 8.3. Can I change it? I wasn't paying attention to you. No, you, you spat out your score. Okay. All you right, do. spat it. Spat it out. I think this all comes you down to Lloyd Carr it. in the end. Like <laughs> I just, <laughs> you have a couple 2000, glasses of wine 2006 you Lloyd Carr. I disagree um, with <laughs> you, <laughs> Ryan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is really good for all the reasons we've already said. So... I'm, I'm going to give it a – I was actually going to think about doing an 8.3, but I really? think it's, I think it's better than that. Um, I'm going to go 8.4. <laughs> those are those are really good scores. They are. And I think, Ryan, you hit it on the head with um, the way Ludington Bay, they they make all of their beer very, very well. <laughs> 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 no, they, I mean, it's, they're all easy to drink, but they're all like – Perfect for what you wanted it to be. Yeah. So, like, if you like a stout, they'll make a good stout. You like a brown, they'll make a good brown. You make the Tangelo Dream, they'll they'll make that dreamy. There's you know? so there's so do many a great job. There are so many talented brewers in the state of Michigan. So I just taking advantage of all these guys. Like it's do it. it it's worth taking advantage of. And and Ludington Bay is no different. We should visit. Yeah, we're we're actually. I'm supposed to talk to you guys about that off air. We're, we got a we got a date that we're. Should we we're talk ready about this right now? About. Hold on, let me grab my calendar. No, we'll talk about it off air because you <laughs> okay. guys will ruin it, and then we don't want our listeners to think that we're there uh, the, the, the wrong music. week like we always do. You know, um, but that was episode 122. We got to talk about three of our football teams. Got to drink some great beer from Ludington Bay. We appreciate you guys watching live. We appreciate you guys listening. Thank you guys for recording as always. We'll talk to you next week, if not sooner. You've been listening to State of My Sports. From the Red Wings to the Lions, to the Tigers to the Pistons, to Michigan and Michigan State, and everything in between, we're talking about it. And don't forget the beer. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch at State of My Sports with an M-I. We'll see you next time. He has the best changeup in baseball.